What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Monday, July 22nd. You guys listening to episode 119, and I am in Montreal, Canada at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, uh, which has been absolutely amazing, so I'm going to get into that. I got a lot of stuff to talk about. I I didn't know if I was going to be able to do this podcast just because... Um, sometimes it's hard with the connection and the Wi-Fi is in and out, you know, calling people has been a nightmare. Using my phone has been crazy, uh, just because, you know, you don't know what the charges are. You got to make sure you're not roaming and fucking have it on airplane mode and it's kind of nuts, but I'm, I'm slowly figuring stuff out. The, uh, hotel out here, uh, has options to make phone calls and stuff. And I was, I got a connection here and I'm going to be actually not only doing this podcast and one at the end of the weekend, but I think I'm going to do a bonus one with some guests from here. Uh, Everybody is out here, so I want to talk to you guys about that. First, I want to obviously uh, plug my sponsor, the Verzi Effect Podcast Show is sponsored by, of course, Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. Butterfly Radio allows you to listen to all your favorite podcasts and send up to a five-minute audio message to your favorite podcast, uh, which the, um, you know, podcast uh, can get back to you personally. It's an awesome option. It allows you to listen to your favorite tracks, favorite podcasts on there. It's just a, it's a, it's an awesome app. If you like podcasts, you could also start your own podcast if you register on butterflyradio.com. Uh, also, I mentioned last week that Butterfly Radio and myself were going to collaborate to do an unacceptable um, contest, and I got some um, I got some entries, but I need more, and I'm not going to do it while I am here um, in Canada. So um, I know I said that I was going to do in in the next week, but I want to wait. So please, if you're listening to this, I am going to submit all of them. Um, I have a few. I want to get a few more. And then pick a winner, and we're going to come up with the prize, but we're going to make Unacceptable for the Week um, with the listeners on on Butterfly. But I'm not going to do that until I get back to the States. I do not fly back to the States until Sunday, so it will be the following podcast from then. Okay, but please keep sending... you know, keep sending all your stuff, keep sending your unacceptables to me, and we can, um, you know, have that contest, and we're going to give a, a prize, and all that shit, so please do that, and um, that's it, man, check out Butterfly Radio, now, got a lot of cool stuff to talk about here, um, and I, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard, it's like, where do you even begin, because, hold on, I'm sorry, I got a text message, all right, so anyway, where do you even begin? Um, I got out here, this is my first, first festival, and I appreciate all the feedback that you guys gave me, um, for the story about how I got here, you know, I worked really hard, and, um, you know, the right people saw me in the right places, that's what it takes, good audition, didn't know if I was gonna get here, and got here, so, um, I'm glad you guys liked it, I, I hope it did inspire, um, not only comedians, um, but also people just in their regular lives with whatever that they do. Um, and I got to tell you, I got here and I, I got in on Wednesday and, um, it was cool because I got to the airport and, um, the New York comedians were me, big Jay Okerson and Robert Kelly on the same plane. And also, um, a cabaret comedy singer, uh, Bridget Everett, who's on the nasty show as well. So we were the four comedians on the airplane and just from the gate, it was just so funny cause I'm sitting on the plane and, um, me and uh, Bobby Kelly like switched so we could get our seats together and you know he he knows I don't like to fly so during takeoff he's fucking with me and he's asking about sounds on the plane it was just already so funny 
uh, were going up. He's like, oh, what's that? And it was, a, <laughs> it was a couple of rough moments on the flight and just comedians being dicks and, and busting balls, but uh, so much fun. And then we got here, and I am on the... Um, I am on the relationship show. They call it date night, and this is the this is the biggest it's ever been. Like the relationship show used to not be in the same big venue as the dirty show, the nasty show. This is in like um, you know, it's it's in a, a club soda, which they you know they've always done the nasty show in, and it seats over like five hundred people, and it's just amazing. There's a band playing behind you when you get introduced, and so many important people are there. It's it's just awesome, and uh, Godfrey is hosting it, and then it's me, Robert Kelly, um, it is um, Deborah uh, Giovanni, um, and it is. Bob Marley from um, New England uh, comic, just hilarious. So the lineup is amazing, and to to open the show going after Godfrey has been, Godfrey has been unreal, you know. Uh, so we're having a having a great time, and the thing about this festival that I noticed, and the way that I I would want to compare it to anything is you feel like it's, I don't know, you I, I feel like it's my first All Star game, if that makes sense, because. You go from your neighborhood, your neck of the woods, you know, doing well, you know, doing shows in New York City, traveling, being able to headline on my own sometimes, open for some guys and, and do all that stuff. And then you get here and you see the level of competition. You're like, oh, my God, like you just you almost get knocked back because it's like, oh, this is my first time here. I'm on a lineup with, I mean, between Godfrey, Deborah, Bob Marley and, and Robert Kelly, this is probably my, I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, these guys have probably been doing it anywhere from like, you know, six to eight to up to 15 years longer than me. So I'm like the, the, like the rookie, it feels like. So you're like, oh man, you get here and then I just got into this lineup. I'm not doing new faces, you know, so it's not like the typical first time being here. I'm just, I'm in this amazing fucking show. And um, I got to tell you, the crowds, I, you know, coming out here. Everyone's like, oh, you know, be be a little, you know, be a little cautious. Don't worry. You know, Canadian crowds are a little different. So just just do what you do and don't worry if it's not. And I got to tell you, they've been great. They've been laughing where they're supposed to laugh, um, you know, getting applause breaks. And, and it's been great. And to see the guy that booked me and put me on it, watching me and laughing and seeing the crowd laughing has been um, has been amazing. You know, it's, it's just been it's just but there's no lulls in any lineup. So you really feel like, holy shit, like this is the best stand-up. And like you watch somebody and you're like, man, I'm I'm not that good. Like I got I gotta I gotta get better. I gotta keep writing. You know, like it don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled to be here, but like it's like holy shit, like if I come here again, like I wanna make sure I have an arsenal of new jokes and and just it's 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 insane. Um, the one thing that's I actually had a first I had a hater not a hater but what they do is and it's unfortunate but and and I'm the new guy so I, I guess I'm an easy target but what they do is they I guess like they look at the shows the first time and they have to pick like favorite joke or least favorite joke or, or moments and like they this it bothered me at first and I found out it's what they do with every show but they pick like a highlight and a low light and of course one of my jokes comparing getting a blow job to, to something, uh, giving my son popcorn or whatever. Um, they didn't like now I've heard that the guy has trashed everybody and he could trash people personally. He didn't do that with me. He just said that like the one joke he didn't like was a certain joke. Here's the thing though. 
He got my name wrong in the review and the joke wrong. Now, he kind of got the gist of the joke, but he got it wrong. He quoted it wrong. He said it the wrong way. So that made me feel a little better. But I was like, oh, man, fuck. But then I did some shows where people were tweeting and got, got great reviews and I'm doing well. And the thing is, the show that, that this, this blogger, reporter guy, the show that he saw, I killed. It was the first show. Godfrey brought me up. I, I, I murdered the show. Godfrey comes out on stage. See, I told you. I told you. And this guy had to pick one one thing he didn't like. And I'm the new guy. And he did it. And it did bother me at first. But then I found out that that's what they do. And they have these galas out here. And like the gala will be like somebody like Steve Martin hosts and brings up four comedians. And like this year it's like Joan Rivers and Dane Cook and Seth Meyers and all these people. So what they do is they host this big gala that's on TV in Canada and they bring up four people. And this same guy, blogger, has to look at all of those great comedians and pick best joke and worst joke. So it's fucking brutal because you're like, man, I got here and like then there. So I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not a part of that. And apparently, I found out the guy said that he didn't hate me. It was just that he just picked one of my jokes as as something that he didn't like. So um, it's something you got to go through. It it bothered me. Dude, the first when I first saw it, I was like, you got to be kidding me. My first night, I kill, and this guy's picking a joke he didn't like, and it's mine. Um, and I was like, son of a bitch. And then I found out that he's done it to Joan Rivers. He's done it to fucking all these people. And and he's and I guess he's known for maybe misquoting stuff. So um, anyway, that was the first night. And then the second night just was, you know, great shows, great crowds, packed out. And um, it's awesome to see these great comedians being like, hey, man, great job, good set, and you're doing well. It's awesome. So um, now... We're moving our show, the relationship show Date Night and the Nasty Show are moving across the street from Metropolis, which holds about 1,500 people. And I'm doing that on uh, Wednesday and Thursday out here in Montreal. So uh, they also did a show that I was on, Big J Okerson hosted. They do it at this place called Theater St. Catherine, and um, it's called The Midnight Surprise. So the crowd packs out. They don't know who's coming up. And I did that with some of the best American and... um, and like French Canadian comics too. So you're meeting all these people, meeting comics from South Africa and, and you know, meeting comics from you know, that speak French and there's bilingual shows and, and all kinds of shit out here, man. And and it's just I also I got the opportunity, I uh, I opened up the show for Moshe Kasher, um, which which is fucking cool dude, man. Like just such a cool dude, funny, amazing with crowd work. Got to open up for him. Uh, I did the midnight surprise last night. I did. We didn't do the relationship show. Like I said, that's not going on until Wednesday or Thursday. But I did. Um, I did the the uh, as seen on TV showcase, which was at the Comedy Nest. And then later at ten thirty, Big J hosted Best of the Fest, which was at the Comedy Works. So it's just kind of been running around. I've done eight shows. I got three more left. Or actually four more because tonight I'm going to open the show for Bobby Kelly's one-man show tonight. So it's just been amazing. It's been great. And all the other comedians now that are coming in for the HBO show, that are coming in for New Faces, they're all going to start coming in. All industry is going to start coming in. So next week is going to be absolutely insane. Dave Chappelle, they added him to the festival. And he has 10 sold-out shows in the biggest theater out here. So I'm definitely going to try to catch that. Um... I watched a comedian that I got to talk about, man. Um, I wa- I went after our show, after the relationship show, I ran out to 
um, see uh, Maria Bamford, and there's no telling where she's going to go. She's the one comedian that you could never figure out a formula. You could never figure out even what she does. Like, the only thing I'll say is, yeah, she kind of does voices and she does impressions of people that she thinks think they have it together, which is really funny and, and great. But she just gets to a place that's kind of like, you're like, holy shit, man. Like, how did she get there? She does characters and she has all these fucking weird analogies and references, but it, it makes, it, it was mind blowing. And um, I think you truly have to be like, I, I don't know. You truly have to be, I don't want to say like, like disturbed, but you truly have to be have gone through shit or going through something to to really like I mean if you've never seen her I'm sure comedians know what I'm talking about but if you've never seen Maria Bamford do yourself a favor watch her on YouTube and check her out she's fucking on a whole other level of of thought process and what she's doing and she makes it funny which is the which is amazing so I got the I got a chance to watch her and now everybody's coming in so I'm going to try to watch I'm going to try to watch everybody um but this has been an amazing experience to be out here, and I got a gift bag, and in the gift bag you get like all kinds of cool shit, and and they just do it right. They just this festival is like you know I've been to comedy festivals before, and you're like all right yeah you know it's gonna be you know you're gonna stay in a hotel you're gonna see a bunch of comedians and there's but no the entire city the like people from all over the world come for this this is the best stand up in the world everybody's here everyone's got passes there's all kinds of parties and things are set it's like there's like people walk you they have what they call walkers so people will walk you from your hotel two blocks like it's two blocks like no you you don't need anything you don't need they have transportation and vans if you need to go like 30 seconds down the block it's the most insane operation you'll ever see with the best comedians so it's it's, and I came out of here like, man, fuck that. I'm going to do what I do. And on stage, I, I am. I am. I'll be honest. I've done, I've done eight shows, and I feel like seven went great and one was average. So everything has been great. But when you're not on stage, you're like, holy shit. Like, do I belong here? This is fucking, like, this is, this is insane. You know, like, it, oh, man. I don't, you know, it, it's, um... It's it's nuts, it's nuts. Um, I want to get to oh yeah. So like I said with the with the um, with the butterfly radio stuff, please keep sending your unacceptables. And um, I did get um, I did get a butterfly submission from David Stein, uh, who's uh, a friend of the show. And um, I uh, I did his show, but um, I'll, I'll t- he asked a question, and, and I guess I can I guess this is a great time to uh, to talk about it since I've been talking about the Montreal thing, and I did see a movie, so I'll be talking movies and stuff. Don't worry, everybody, you'll get your you'll get your Verzi Effect podcast in, but understand I'm going to do more. So you're going to get like I'm going to have a guest on um, next week. I think I'm going to have Big J Okerson on. And we're gonna talk about some stuff, and I'm gonna do another one. So it, it should be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get out of here with doing three podcasts in Montreal. All right, I'm here for another weekend. I want to do two more after this one. 
David Stein wanted to know about the early days and as an early up and coming comedian, what was it like to get the first time ever getting bad reactions, bombing, um, just not knowing what, you know, how do you feel about it? How'd you get back up on stage and all that? And it's a great question. I remember um, that I really don't remember a full fledged bombing until 2007. And that let me realize that I wasn't very good up until then, even though I was doing well. And the reason I wasn't good up until then is because I was safe, I was I was calculated, I wasn't taking chances, I probably didn't have a voice, and I wasn't really honest. So what I would do was I took material that I knew would kill and work, and I would keep doing it and being like, how come I'm not a fucking at another level right now? And the reason why is because I wasn't funny with the honesty and vulnerability. And it was a shitty little show. There was nobody that dragged like 10 people off the street. I had a couple of beers before I went up. And I remember just doing my jokes and it just didn't work. And I was so upset. And I remember almost crying. Like I went home and I was just like, man, this is this is so bad. Like when things are bad in this business, it's so bad. And um, it was just fucking shitty feeling. And then... You know, you're like, and then you just get back up and you're like, and the next one, you know, a lot of times I feel like if you're a good comedian, I feel like if you have a bad set, I feel like the next one or the one after that, you're going to, it's going to get real good again. If you're good, you know, I've always compared being a good stand up to being a good boxer or being a good pitcher, mainly being a good pitcher. Because I think a good pitcher is, you know, you go out and you're, you're, you're going to win anywhere from like 16 to 20 games if you're really good. And there's going to be a handful of times, you know, you could compare like a handful of times where you get rocked and you give up five runs by the fourth inning and you're, you're not going to get a win. You're either going to get a no decision or a loss. That happens in comedy. You know, you go up, you have your arsenal, shit doesn't work out. You end up walking off with a loss. But then the majority of the time you 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 dominate and do what you do if you're good. Um, so... Yeah, it happens, but I I feel like all the the funny laughs and being able to tell a story and seeing how people react to you let you know you just keep getting up, you keep getting up. And again, it's something you have to do. You have to want to do it. You know, it's not this isn't something you do to just try. It's like that thing Michael Rappaport said on Bill Burr's podcast. Said you don't go to L.A. and try to act because it's not going to work. You go to L.A. if being in a movie is something you you have no choice but to do because you'll die trying. Like that's that's it's the same thing. So yes, to answer your question, it sucked the first time the crowd didn't react. You were like, wow. I remember the first time like you would do a show that didn't go great. You know, people left going. He wasn't you know, the funniest one, or he wasn't funny, or, you know, he was the worst one, or he didn't make me laugh, or how was that guy, you know, the first time you get a review, I remember the first time I got a bad review, I was in South Carolina, and it was some lesbian girl who didn't like me, because I made a comment to her lesbian girlfriend, and she wrote, like, because one of my credits was, oh, he was a winner of the, you know, uh, Las Vegas Comedy Festival 2003, and, like, she was right, that guy stunk, like, how did he win, I don't know how he won anything, and I remember taking it to heart, and someone was like, you can't look at that, you you can't look at that, that's just, you know, that's gonna happen, you know, and, you know, it's, and, 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 and perfect example is, you know, I come out to Montreal, I have a great set, but there's a guy whose job it is to write a joke that he didn't like, and it happened to be one of my jokes, and and it made me feel better they got my name wrong and the joke wrong but the fact that he chose it like effort and then all of a sudden everyone's like dude that guy's killed everybody that guy is fucking that guy is i mean there's something i mean somebody said that he wrote once about somebody who's a funny comic like worst joke i've ever heard clearly not ready like calling people the fuck out i mean this guy just had to pick a joke he picked a joke of mine he 
didn't like. And I was like, okay, that's going to happen. Like, that's going to happen, you know? And maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe maybe it, it was one of my weaker jokes, and I'm the new guy, and he's got to pick something. But if I see the guy at one of these parties, I'm not going to be like, man, fuck you. You don't know. No. I'm just going to say, hey, man, whatever. It is what it is. No hard feelings. It's not personal. As much as, much as like, sometimes you want to take things personal, it's we're human beings. But it's part of it. You know, you can't. I guess it's the type of thing where um, if you can't take a punch and if you can't really, you know, understand that there's going to be haters. I found out today, we were talking in the car and Rolling Stone magazine years ago said like Dane Cook is going to be the next fucking star, rock star of comedy, you know, like this great article about him. And literally they said the next year, almost to the day, Rolling Stone magazine was like, all right, Dane, we get it. And they fucking trashed him. They just trashed them and and all the scrutiny and stuff and people right and you just sit back you don't say anything and you just keep going it's the only thing that you can do and and, and that goes for a bad set crowd doesn't laugh the crowd doesn't laugh now I'm at the point where if the crowd doesn't laugh I'm like all right it's you guys you know I'm not I'm trying to you know I'm trying to do these jokes that you know and and be real and honest and I know they work and I'm just trying to do what I do and you guys aren't getting it okay that's fine but I'm not gonna beat beat myself up but if you're a young comedian and you bomb understand that that's gonna happen you know I probably have a lot more bombings in my career coming up and I've been doing this double digit years it just happens you know I heard the night before Richard Pryor did live at Sunset Strip, he bombed. And people were like, holy shit, how's he going to... And then the next night he went out and he did one of the greatest specials of all time. Just this is what happens. You could like you could go out and kill and somebody could go, yeah, he's really, really funny, but I vulgar, I didn't like this joke. Or he's really, really this and that. What are you going to do? You know, it, it's just you're not going to please everybody. You can kill and then you'll see somebody after the show and her husband will say, oh, great job. And she'll go, yeah, but I didn't like how you did this. What are you going to do? You're going it, to, it's just, it's, it's what it is. There's no rhyme or reason. You just go out there, you do what you do and you have fun. And that's what I plan to do. And I'm excited. I got two really big shows out here in front of 1500 people a night on a, on a big show. And, and it's going to be people there and I'm just going to go and have fun and do what I do and tell my jokes and hopefully people like them. And I'll tell you what, after seeing the comedy that I'm seeing out here, for, I am I am going home and I am writing and I am saying, oh my God, it's time to tell more stories. It's time to, to, to get more, just, just dig even deeper and deeper. The thing is, I'm not doing much time. Like nobody's doing, like the most people are doing out here is 15 and the least is like, you know, seven and I've done seven and I've done 10 and you see but it's really tough because this is just showcases because there's so many comedians so you got to come out there and just smash them and do it with that you know but it's like one of these situations where you don't go and go oh man like I I follow like you don't go out there and go oh man like this will be all right like I'm like they're all right I'm one of the stronger ones you know, I was talking to Jimmy Carr. I don't know if you guys know who Jimmy Carr is. Jimmy Carr is one of the most successful and 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 richest stand-up comedians in England. Okay, and he is on the Nasty Show after our. So we've been in the green room. He's the guy is brilliant. He's a fucking genius. He's one of the like. It's just in, you're just one of these guys you're like lucky to talk to because he's really just so smart and. Um, 
he's one of the like he's one of these just like totally like distinguished really distinguished just a gentleman dresses up in a suit comes out with a headset on and he comes out with a clipboard and he puts his jokes down and they're so precise he's like a surgeon and he's got you know the british accent if you guys don't know who jimmy carr is he used to host a show on comedy central he doesn't do really anything in the states but he did years ago host a show on comedy central called distractions it was a game show where like people would have to do something while they're you know like you know getting you know shot in the face with a like a like a water gun they had to like answer questions they were like all these distractions while they had to answer questions for money and i didn't realize people were like this guy like this guy is a multi this guy is one of the most successful entertainers in fucking london like in in, in the uk it's, it's insane you know and um he you know just watching him talking to him and you know it, it i don't know like you're just like holy shit like that guy's on a lineup and and you know there's a guy here that i didn't know was is famous here and uh, he went on after me one night and then last night i went on after him and he's famous in this country he's like a famous stand-up comedian so it's just and like they're bringing the best of dudes from south africa out here so it 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 that's the one thing that I'll take because I came out here like, all right, man, I'm just going to do what I do. And I am doing it. But you do realize like, yeah, they don't give a shit. They're not like, oh, Paul Verzi's out here. They're like, oh, OK, I guess Paul Verzi's doing OK and he's here. Let's see what he's got. Like, it's like that. So you're just, you know, you're like, man, how am I going to like I'm on a lineup with all these fucking people. And, and Bob Marley's leaving. So Tom Papa's coming in to close out our show. But um it, yeah, it, it's it's been a. I'll tell anybody, man. When you come to Montreal, just just get ready, do what you do, and and that's it. Don't worry about anything else. You're gonna see amazing comedy, but it is like an all star game. I feel like it's my first all star game, and you're just like wow. And I want more of them. You know, I want to come out here again. I want to have my own like show out here. I want to do all that stuff. But I know in order to do that, you just gotta write and just keep getting better. So. Sorry for the non-comedy fans who are listening to this podcast, but, um, you know, when when you see this shit and you walk around, you're like, fuck. And that's the thing, like, you want your peers, like, I'm like, I'm on stage and I'm doing my set in front of all these people and right next to me, behind the little thing, nobody could see, but literally 10 feet from me is like Bobby Kelly waiting to go on next because Godfrey's going to come out and bring him right up. And, you know, you get to, and, and these guys are listening and you're like, man, <laughs> bring your, bring it. You got to bring it. So, um, yeah, it's it's so cool. And the people are so nice here. They're so nice to you. Like, they're so accommodating. And they, they add shows. They're adding shows. So I guess when I'm done, I'm going to be, you know, doing totally 12 shows. And the crazy thing is if I would have done New Faces, which I auditioned for, I would have done two six-minute sets. And, uh, you know, I would <laughs> So this is, this is working out great. This is working out, you know, even better. But um, holy shit, I'm more motivated to go home and, and just, you know, I wish I could tell stories though. Like there's a story I want to tell. There's more, like I wish I could do like 20 because I feel like if I could do 20, people will get more of me. So it's just like you got to kind of do this little all-star lineup of jokes that are, you know, I'm telling like one story, but you know, you're getting light so quick and it's like shit. Um, all right, so that's pretty much what's going on. I'll, I'll end by uh, talking about the, the festival by saying that I'm going to have um, Big J Okerson on, uh, and in between I may have another special guest on, so I'm working on that. A lot of people are here. 
and um, and that's it. So uh, thank you for all your support, everybody, uh, everybody who came out to shows, all that stuff. And um, and again, I know there are some people that listened on uh, that that are now listening to me for the first time who saw me in New England with Bill Burr. Thank you. I did get your messages. I got your tweets, and uh, I appreciate it. Next time I'm in New England, please come out, whether I'm opening uh, for somebody at a club or opening for Bill or doing my own thing. Please come out. I do appreciate it and appreciate all that shit. So. Moving on. Now, sports, nothing. There's nothing to talk about with sports. It's just, it's, Phil Mickelson won the won the British Open. I couldn't even watch it. I have like 10 channels in my thing. I, I, and a movie here, a movie here to get in your room is $16.99. So, and there's some good ones. Like there's a lot of good movies in my room. Uh, I want to catch a few of them, but 17 bucks um, is just so ridiculous. And I've been spending not not like crazy, but like you know the one thing that's on your dime when you're out here is the food. And it's like it seems like every meal with taxes and everything is coming to like 20 bucks. So you know, you're trying to watch that shit. And I did go to the movies. Uh, me, Bob Marley, and Bobby Kelly went to see Pacific Rim. So I will review Pacific Rim right now. I'm what am I about? Yeah, I'm about a half hour in. I have to go down to uh, the lobby in about 20 minutes. To um, yeah, I have to go down in the lobby in 20 minutes because I got to do sound checks and I'm I'm gonna be opening the show for Bobby Kelly tonight. So uh, this was this will probably be close to like 50 minutes, like regular 45 to 50. But then there's gonna be two more. So don't worry. This is the Fuzzy Effect Podcast Show with me. And oh, and uh, the French, like, I can't, I can't, like, I, I can't fake trying to understand. And some comedians are doing that. Some comedians are like, I need to go to, as if, as if talking in the accent, but still being English is going to help. Do you know where we could get some ice cream? Like, that's, and it's like, yeah, they don't get that shit. They, they just hear somebody trying to talk in their accent, but, you know, you're still saying the word ice cream. We were fucking around. Godfrey was doing that, and we were, we were busting his balls. But, yeah, they, oh, the one thing they have out here food-wise is they have these food trucks. So if you ever come out here, that you're going to hear about the food trucks where all these like amazing gourmet type, like, you know, different culture, all that stuff, these trucks. So you, one has like beef and one has pork and one has meatballs and one has this amazing and, and one has Indian and one has like, you know, you could get all kinds of different, all kinds of food out of these food trucks. And there's a ton of them and there's always live entertainment going on during the day um, out here and there's always good things to eat, but it is expensive. So anyway, I saw Pacific Rim, and um, here's what I'll say. If you guys, you know, I don't know how if I, I could compare it. Um, I didn't wasn't 100% into going just because I thought it was obviously going to be a lot of green screen. And of course it is green screen, but when I say that, I don't mean the obvious. I understand that monsters aren't coming out of the water and robots are, I, I get what it is, but when I say like, too much green screen, like where you could just tell they're in a studio when you're watching the movie. And that wasn't the case. This was a good movie, but it wasn't a great movie. It was a movie where you kind of, I kind of, you know, said it was, yeah, it was like a combination of Armageddon, Godzilla, um, 
you know, oh no, they're going to take over. There's one chance. It actually reminded me of Armageddon, Godzilla, and Top Gun all in the same movie. And the enemy is just these other world monsters that are coming up through our ocean and terrorizing certain regions of our world. And we designed these gigantic robots that are controlled by the minds and actions of human beings who are piloting them by being in the in the head and they're fighting and it was really good but like at the same time like I said predictable the one thing that I will be critical about was it was very dark there were a lot of times and I don't mean dark like edgy and like sad dark I mean literally they're fighting at night in the ocean and there's water going everywhere and you even when you know who's winning in the fight you can't really tell like they're like I like the scenes where the robot's arm would come back and like punch the monster in the face and you saw it clearly but a lot of times when they were like wrestling with each other you 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 could get a sense who was winning but you kind of had to like be like all right what's going to happen because I don't see it clearly that's one thing that I'll be critical about as far as the movie if i had to go 1 to 10 i would give it a 6 and 3 quarters i wouldn't quite give it a 7 but i i wouldn't give it a 6 and a half either so i'm going to give it 6 and 3 quarters and say that it was entertaining good acting I love the black British dude. The guy who played the captain of the ship in Prometheus also plays like one of the generals of the the, the, the project with the robots, and he was great in it. Um, the acting was good, just a little bit, you know, let me guess. Some robots are going to start losing. You know, the guy who's a little rebellious is going to not be allowed to get in a robot. But then when they start losing robots, he gets in a robot and the robot comes out and wins. It kind of was that. But if you're expecting that and you know that and that's what you want to see, then this is the movie for you. Boom. Beautiful. Beautiful review. And it is a little dark. But I saw it in 3D IMAX. And um, it was, I mean, right there in front of you, you know cool as hell they've they've definitely i I, i'm almost ready to say that they've perfected the 3d imax in movies you know there's just they're just it's just insane it's visually insane but again i'm giving the nod of the summer so far to star trek i really am i think that the act everything the acting it wasn't it you just followed it it was great visually amazing um the storyline just everything it it made you want to see what the next one was it that's that's so far to me you know how i feel i think i'm gonna see at least another movie while i'm here so you guys are gonna get the whole the whole thing the whole thing out here it's tough i'm trying to eat good out here in canada okay and they have this poutine for you people that don't know it's um they're, 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 they pronounce it so many different ways some people say poutine 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 anyway you know i call it poutine and what it is is cheese curds and gravy hot gravy which kind of melts these cheese curds over french fries and i know you're saying well you could get that in the states no like this is not like in the states when you go to a diner and you say can i get cheese and fries i mean cheese and gravy on the fries these are like these little ball cheese curds which are very different than what we have at home and when it melts with this and the gravy is different and when it melts over these french fries it literally is one of the most delicious things you will ever eat. It's so insane. I don't even, it's just, it's just a forkful of, of heaven. 
it's it's everything you could ever want. It's hearty. It's homey. It's it's just this cozy, delicious, hot, cheesy French fried fucking epicness. It's just amazing. But the first like hours we were here, we walked in Big J and I got one, and then that night we got like I've had three or four already, and I had to stop. Uh, I've been also eating at one of my favorite breakfast places here, which is attached to the Hyatt Hotel, which we're staying in. It's called Expectations, um, and they have all these different meats for the eggs Benedict, uh, insane omelets, great. For, so, so that's been good. But now I'm really trying to trying to watch what I eat. You know, and, you know, today I kind of went really light carbs. I've been drinking a ton of water, which is good. Um, Don't really like the Canadian beer. I don't think the Canadian beer is as good. I had a pale ale. I had some ones. But they all kind of, they're smooth and stuff, but there's no kind of taste to them. So I I haven't been loving the, the Canadian beer and I don't drink a lot of beer, but when I'm at a certain place or I'm at a place that I haven't been before, you know, you want to catch a nice brew and see if it, you know, if, if it hits you a certain way. And I haven't gotten that. Uh, I'm going to try to get a Scott. Oh, another thing that I don't, I'm not trying to shit on Canada. I'm just being honest. Another thing, when you order a whiskey or a scotch here, they give you one shot of it and then the rocks. So it's, it's like a sip. So you're spending money like, you know, when, when I'm in the States and I go on the road and I say, hey, man, give me a, a Jameson on the rocks or, or a Makers or, you know, a Bullet bourbon something. It's like half the half the cup, half the scotch glass is full and then they throw some rocks in it. Here it's like two to three centimeters with a couple of pieces of ice. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just, they're really trying to watch it. I don't know. Maybe it makes them smarter than what we're doing, but you don't feel like you're getting a hefty fucking drink out here, which I don't like. Um, I've been buying, I've had a cigar almost every night. There's a cigar shop here and so many comedians go out and they smoke cigarettes and they're waiting in between shows. And I've been hanging out with Big J who's smoking his Marlboro hundreds. And so I got a cigar, I got a Cuban out here, and I was just sitting with him while he was chain smoking, and I was smoking a cigar, and that was pretty cool. Um, and, and it's just been, you know, it's been hard to be on the road and eat well and do the right thing, but I've been doing it. And now everybody's coming in. My buddy Giannis Pappas came in, I was talking to him about hanging out, like, oh, you see everybody, because everyone's coming in today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, and by Wednesday night, everybody in like the industry, like everybody comes on Wednesday night for for that last week, and um, you know, cause so I'm kind of you know saving to chill for that. They got a bunch of parties and stuff, but these French fries, this poutine, look it up online, okay? Just type in poutine Montreal or poutine. it's insanity. It's insanity. That's all I could say about it. And and you feel like when you eat it, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. Because I don't know, like it's weird because I just think you feel like it's not bad because you don't have it a lot and you're like, this is going to be, I never have fries. I never have fries, cheese, and gravy. You know, when do I do that? I'm here. Let me do that. But then you do it four times. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to be a fat mess when I leave here. I got to tell you the gift bag that I got. I got a couple of gift bags, but the first one, when you first arrive here, they give you like a vibrating, like one of the jokes was you get a cock ring and like a vibrating finger massager which I guess people put in their ass. That was one of the things. And they give you a can of 100% pure maple syrup from Canada. And they give you a bottle of maple 
flavored whiskey. So it's like a Canadian whiskey and maple syrup liqueur they give you. Um, they gave you this book. And Bobby Kelly fucked with me. They give you this hard, like it's like this hardcover like case, right? And you open this box and then there's like this leather wrapped, this leather wrapped hard book. And I didn't open it. So I go downstairs and Bobby Kelly's like, you get your gift bag? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, that's, yeah, it's cool. And he's like, did you see that hard covered? And I was like, yeah, man, that's like a great little book. And he's like, it's not a book, you idiot. You didn't see what was in it? And I go, no. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's the fucking iPad. They gave us a little iPad, and I go, I go, get the, f- no, it's not an iPad, and he goes, yeah, Dick, what'd you think it was, you know, and his voice, goes, yeah, Dick, what'd you think it was, dude, and I go, I don't, I thought it was just like a, like a book, like to write in, he's like, what is it, 1985, they're not giving those fucking things away, you dick, he goes, Jesus, Verzi, it's a, fu-. and I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me, I was like, I thought, I, he's like, yeah, it's the mini iPad, it's fucking awesome, I was like, I don't have one, he goes, and now you do, and I'm psyched, and I'm about to call my wife, Stacy, and tell her I got an iPad in the gift bag, so I get up, I go up to my room, and I look, and it's just paper in it, it's just a fucking planner, or a book, and I was like, son of a bitch, and he's been getting me a lot, like, he, he's like, he's kind of Jim Florentine that way, where like, we'll be walking across the street, and he'll just stop, go, whoa, 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 like a car's gonna hit you, and he got me like five times doing that, ball breaking, but so funny, and uh, they were busting my chops because I went to the movies with him and Bob Marley, like I said, to see Pacific Rim. And um, I walked up and I was like, he got this thing called the Shiva, which is like this big fucking ice cream. Like it's a cup filled with ice cream and like chopped up whatever Oreos. And I wasn't going to eat that, but they had like frozen yogurt. So I'm like, maybe I'll get a little chocolate frozen yogurt with like some gummy bears on it. So I go, yeah, you guys. And they're watching me and they're just smiling. And I, I don't understand why they're smiling. I go, you guys got frozen yogurt, like, with, with candy toppings? And they're like, yeah, just pick a candy topping. I was like, you guys got gummy bears? And they're like, no. And I was like, ah, then I'm out. I'm not doing it. And they just been busting my balls about it. Like, they're like, yeah, fucking guys like that. Yeah, you got gummy bears? Ah, fucking, I'm out. And they just kept busting my balls with it. But, oh, my God, I cannot tell you how much fun it is to hang out with comedians that are, like, 10 years older than you and just, like, just joking on each other and, and, and being a part of it. It's, it's just insanely fun. Um, unacceptable for the week. Unacceptable for the week. This is a hard one, okay? And I got your guy. I got your guys' um, submissions, okay? So please keep sending them, okay? Because when I get back from the states, I am going to pick one, and we're going to send a prize, and we're going to do this whole thing. Please tell your friends if you're on Butterfly Radio. Don't email me the unacceptable for the week. Don't don't. You know, like, don't tweet it, don't email, don't go to my Facebook, go, if you have an iPhone, okay, go to Butterfly Radio, download it, it is for free, you will see so many fucking cool podcasts on there, it's free, put it on your damn phone, and submit an unacceptable for the week, anything that annoys the shit out of you, talk about, and the funniest ones I will let you know. This week, like I said, it's kind of tough, because, you know, it, it it's just been, it, I... Like, what could I say? Like, I, I can't make fun of the French right now. Like, it's I'm, it's too new. So I'm sure there's an unacceptable somewhere, you know. Um, and I think I've done an unacceptable where they open your, they just come into your hotel room. If, if I never did this before, the unacceptable for the week would be when they just open your hotel room door. I had headphones on and I was doing something on the computer with headphones on. I didn't know. And all of a sudden my door opens and like this Asian like cleaning lady just starts walking in. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, the fuck? What are you kidding me? Get out of here. You know? And, um, 
so that would be unacceptable. But I think I might have done that on another unacceptable. So um, what I'll do now is I'm going to call myself out and say unacceptable. Unacceptable for this week is any comedian worrying about a blogger or what somebody reviews of your stand-up that doesn't live in your shoes. It, it's unacceptable to worry about anything that anybody has ever said about your stand-up if they've never stood on stage. I don't care how much they've watched it. I don't care how much they critique it. If you've never been on stage and you're going to judge somebody, it's unacceptable. Letting these people get to you is unacceptable, and it's a great lesson that I that I learned uh, being out here or just seeing it happen to other people and hearing it. You know, the fact that there's going to be a gala coming up, okay, here with all of these comedians that are going to be performing on TV in Canada with super, superstar hosts, and they're going to pick the worst joke and print it. I mean, that's awful. That's terrifying. It's awful. And it's just something that these people have to deal with. And it's like, yeah, they do it to everybody. Don't even give the time of day. That's what these critics do. Let them be critics. Okay, there, there's one of the best things that the festival's got. I got to read this to you, but it's called. Um, they're doing something. They do like a, a floor hockey game where it's the 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 uh, artists versus the artists versus the um, industry. So Friday morning, I believe it is, or Saturday morning, all of the industry and all of the comedians that want to participate get these hockey sticks and you get pads and it's not on ice. It's just in a rink, but it's like street hockey and you play and they're naming it the, hold on, I got to get this for you and read this to you. They're naming it the the eighth annual Reebok Ball Hockey Cup at Just for Laughs, and it's called Artists versus Industry. And the artists says the artists, the fragile egos versus the industry, the talentless leeches. And it's just so funny because everybody. I said this, and I'm gonna. I'll, I guess I'll end it on this. Because um, I have so much more stuff to do. I'm going to be talking a lot of comedy this week, everybody, and a lot about the festival because I'm out here. Um, so I hope you're interested. I hope I'm keeping it interesting. But, you know, I know comics are like, fuck, I'm listening to this. Other people are like, oh, I'm going to go listen to fucking Jay Moore tell a story. Um, but I uh, I was talking to a comedian coming up here about this. And I, it's about how industry and managers and agents, think about what they're doing. They're hopping on an airplane, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to sound disrespectful because they do help us, but they're hopping on an airplane, okay, and they're coming here to look at people who are doing something they can't do, but yet they want to make money off of them. And I told somebody, I go, you don't dare, dare get, get nervous. Okay, these people need you. They're there for you. They don't exist without you. You're the fucking talent. You're the one. So don't even, and, and I was telling this dude, dude's going, oh my God, dude, I get my heart just fluttered when you said that. And I'm like, yeah, fuck those people. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You know, just do what you do and have fun and let all that shit come to you. And that's something that I'm learning and, and everybody else should learn. So, um, that's it. So unacceptable for the week is letting anybody get to you in the business that doesn't live in your shoes, period. Bloggers and all that shit. Uh, no sports. Uh, I'm glad sloppy body Phil Mickelson. No, I'm not. I, I want Tiger Woods to win. I want Tiger Woods to win. Um, and that's it. So this is kind of just a little update. 
this is this is just a little update you know only a little like not even 50 minutes a little update i'm gonna have some guests on we're gonna have a lot of fun stay tuned the verzi effect is coming strong from montreal um, in the next couple of episodes thank you guys for listening i'm um, having a great time i will talk to you soon and that's it